0: Hello and welcome to Human Seeking Human. This is a show where we look at old newspapers and explore the ways we connect with one another. My name is Zandi.
1: And I'm Liz. And today we have a special guest with us, the host of one of my favorite podcasts, Reply All, Alex Goldman.
0: Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you for being here.
1: Happy to have you here. Reply All is actually the first podcast I ever listened to because a coworker of mine at my first job said, oh, yeah, we all listen to podcasts instead of music in the office. And she said it like so smug and intellectually. And then she was listening to Reply Also, I started listening and now I'm the kind of person who listens to podcasts instead of music in the office. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> Today we're going to do a few interview questions to start and then we're going to get into some content. Liz has some fun content, as always, uh, that's uh, more in line with what we normally do on the show. Um, but first, before we influence your opinion with, uh, our views, uh, do you have any views on like newspaper personal ads in general, or have you ever thought of doing them in the past?
2: Uh, I have no opinions on them other than like, I kind of thought they ended in about 2004.
0: <laughs> uh, pretty accurate. I think. Yeah. Now it's all moved online onto Craigslist. We, we have some, we content we bring from Craigslist and dating apps obviously um but yeah so they've just that's kind of what we do is like explore those because it's something that i mean we never really we they were not really a thing for us growing up and then um now it's so fun to look back and see how other people tried to connect and find love because it seems so easy and there's all this like instant gratification too with the swiping and everything so it's been fun to be able to see what people are willing to also put out into a newspaper it's bizarre sometimes
2: yeah i'm i mean i i sort of feel that way about craigslist honestly like craigslist is a it's a it's a place where there's like a lot of hidden gems because i feel like there is a certain subset of people who are not super internet savvy who will find their way to it and genuinely i don't know there's some real odd stuff in there
1: i find that it's this weird in between like pure anonymity and just being obviously you know you're posting in your hometown newspaper especially for some of the smaller towns with the uh personal ads it's it's kind of funny it's the same thing with craigslist sometimes you see it and you're like does this person think that they're you know untraceable or are they just really very unashamed you know
0: Yeah, we, we've I think mostly unashamed, especially when you read some of the ones that we've had where it's like there's one we had a couple weeks ago where someone said um, that they were looking for a specific grocery store employee uh, so he could give him a like rub him. And he's like, I have my own table and everything. Just someone get in touch with uh, this guy from the, this employee so I can use my great hands on him. And it was oh, just right geez. out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: so bizarre.
0: Yeah. People are willing to put all sorts of weird stuff out there. So you are married and you do have two kids. Um, mm-hmm. I assume based on what you said, you did not meet uh, your wife through the personal ads. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I feel like uh, I feel like we met the old fashioned way in college. Um, and I feel like I missed, we, we started dating and we met in 2003. We started dating in 2005. And I feel like I missed online dating by like, 18 months like that was the window is quickly closing on like the option to not online date i feel mm-hmm. like now it's kind of a necessity
0: yes yeah mm-hmm. uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah good for you i think when it comes to missing online dating but i don't know i've i've had a lot of people who've had the opposite view where they've never gotten to experience online dating and they've had this curiosity about it do you have any i'm definitely curiosity? curious
2: about yeah. it but there's also something that feels like I don't know. It's really, I feel like it's so much easier to meet someone in the flow of interaction, like, you know, in a public place or um, through friends. Um, It just feels like there's a built in way to communicate and like sort of get a sense of each other's sort of social rhythms and things like that. And all dating, all the online dating is, I think, and this is as a person who has never done it. So if I'm wrong, uh, please write in to uh, Alex and Liz and not to me, Um, I just feel like it's like, it's like a bunch of cultural signifiers. It's like trying to be very clever or like trying to wear your tastes on your sleeve. And there are very clever people who have the same taste as me, who also would be terrible to date. And I don't know that that's necessarily the best way to find a person. And we really haven't improved upon that formula since online dating began, I don't think.
1: I will say I think that being clever and wearing your tastes on your sleeve is pretty prevalent in uh, newspaper personal ads as well. I think they were just less effective and less common, which did lead, I think, to some extra quirks that people would put in there. Um, But I have a question for you, Alex, which is Mm -hmm. uh, if you were to have a dating profile online, what what would it be? What would it look like? Can you just describe it to us?
2: Oh god! <laughs> oh, God! It gives me a stomachache to think about. <laughs> uh, grumpy forty-something mm-hmm. seeks a woman of similar age to hang out and watch TV with. Must not be annoying. And see, this is the thing. This is the thing I learned about. This is the thing that makes it so hard. My wife and I don't really have any cultural tastes in common. Like we don't, really? we don't, she, I love horror and sci-fi. She doesn't like horror or sci-fi. She's a big like period piece, sort of like, she's into like sort of period dramas. I I don't care about that stuff. Like we don't really listen to the same music. Um, and I mean, we do listen to similar music, but she's just not as into, she's not that into music. Like, it's not mm-hmm. something where she's like, wakes up in the morning. It's like, I'm going to put on music. We definitely don't listen to the same podcasts. So I don't know. It's just like, I'm trying to describe my relationship with my wife. It's like 40 something must be able to handle a person who's grumpy all the time. And, um, and also just like have a sense of humor. Like, that's it, mm-hmm. right? That's all I need but you can't short and simple but also that is so not descriptive that doesn't help anybody if i read that if i was if i read that i'd be like well this person has no opinions about anything i'm just going to leave this alone
0: i feel like with similar tastes it's it's at least something to get the ball rolling and conversation to start but once the conversation is started then you find out whether or not you actually are interested in this person because you think okay how how well would we actually get along just in general um, because yeah you're not always going to be doing something like listening to music together or watching something together you'd rather just be able to um, be able, be around each other without I don't know just making that making you happy
2: yeah
1: my my girlfriend and I have like very little on paper in common together and when we first met I just really liked her. I don't know what it is. This is one thing that I think is interesting about online dating is I do think that you can see two people with very similar pictures, both like the same level of attractive and both the same type of description and maybe get like just a very different feeling. Just I don't know what it is. Like I never I don't know, it, nothing about her profile really stood out to me, but I was just like, "Oh, she seems like really awesome." And I've talked about it on the show before, but after I saw her profile, I just deleted everything on mine and changed it because I thought I thought she would like, you know, her said, looking (laughs) for something serious. And mine said, like, just moved here not looking for anything serious. I was like, delete. Um, (laughs) and you know what, it worked out well for me. So
2: (laughs) Well, that's a bold move. But congratulations. (laughs) <laughs> it's
1: hard to date somebody who doesn't want to go see scary movies with me, but I have enough friends for that. I think I'll, I think I'll be okay. <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, the thing is that, like, it's also made me really commit. Because if I, like, want to watch a horror movie, I have to wait until after she goes to bed. Which means, mm-hmm. like, if I want to see, I have to really want to see it. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I can't waste my time with it
1: yeah i just saw the m night Shyamalan movie old old? how was it yeah it
2: looks so ridiculous
1: it was so ridiculous i love that like i love b horror movies like i love sort of like campy um it was it was ridiculous i watched the entire movie with like my mouth hanging open not like oh it's genius or oh it's shocking just i cannot believe this is happening and it's happening so fast you know because it's 50 years in one day or something so it's just like people are like dying and aging and having health problems and like all it was just so i was like the whole time but i know my girlfriend wouldn't have liked it so it was i went i went by myself to the movie theater it was nice
2: (laughs) i mean he's made a lot of garbage but i feel like did you see the visit which is five or six years old no Mm -hmm. i feel like people really slept on that movie it is a it's a movie about two kids who go to visit these grandparents they've never met their mom was kind of estranged from the her parents and they kind of made up and so part of the deal is they're going to visit the grandparents and the grandparents start (gasps) acting predictably weird and it has a M. Night Shyamalan style twist two thirds through the movie that like I was screaming at and I was I was like oh my god he still got it I couldn't believe it
1: I'll I'll have to watch it then I'll I'll definitely watch it I I remember the trailers for it like I remember the sweet grandparents and things being weird and wanting to see it
2: it was it was wild but then he made split which was garbage I
1: hated split yeah glass which
2: was also garbage (laughs)
1: so my girlfriend's not over the fact that he made uh avatar the last airbender into a movie yeah really upset like really genuinely upset and i i you know i'm not a big avatar person but i could see the pain in her face and it's just a lot (laughs) um okay so let's talk a little bit about music
0: Sure. Zandi, yeah. did you, yeah.
1: Zandy had some questions.
0: Well, Because I had read about you and your the importance of music in your life. Um, and so I was curious, and it was funny to hear you say that you and your wife listened to different music, but I was curious if um, in your time when you were dating um, or like just meeting, did music play any factor, like any role in your relationship?
2: to some degree yeah i mean it's not total it's not like totally different it's just that i think that it has an importance to me that is outsized like mm-hmm. the 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 degree to which music is important to me i think books are important to my to my wife she she's a constant reader she reads an insane amount just I don't understand how in the era of the smartphone, someone can read 80 books a year or whatever, but she does. She reads like more than one book a week, which is shocking to me. Um, But, you know, I feel like there were bands that we both really liked. And then there's a lot of music that I like where she's like, "Eh, that's not for me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and she wrote that wasn't there a blog um, where she would go through your records? Yeah, she
2: so she one of the things that she did for a while is she was this was before we had kids. Like once, once she was pregnant, we basically she basically abandoned the blog. But she was doing this blog for a while where she was going through my record collection, listening to every record as opposed to just picking out the things that she kind of liked or kind of was familiar with, and was doing it alphabetically. I think we got to the end of the C's, so we didn't get super (laughs) far, but that was still like. Yeah. you know, 60 or 70, uh, uh, entries in the, in the blog. And, and, um, I feel like she might've discovered some stuff she liked, but I think more she just found a lot of stuff she didn't like. And then <laughs> stuff she was familiar with.
0: That's funny. And then, but now, now that you do have kids is music like a, a big thing in your life still? Like, I mean, you know, I, 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 I play music
2: in my attic by myself, <laughs> To some degree, but, um, my, I mean, for the most part, music is in my life because my daughter insists on listening to, um, frozen (laughs) on every, on every car ride everywhere. So it's a lot of, I mean, a lot of frozen, (laughs) which I kind of have gotten into. It's not as Mm -hmm. bad as it could be. Um, there's this, um, radio show that's on weekday mornings in New York called wake and bake. And it's on WFMU, which is sort of a community run station and the it's very it's I can't describe how wonderful the show is, but the host is just like he's very excited and it's he he sings along to the songs and sometimes he'll like play flute along with the songs and stuff like he's like very out of control and every every day week- day of the week he has like a different segment he does like on Monday he does weird new jersey like weird New Jersey facts like they do like stories about sort of weird new jersey and then on tuesdays they have the animal of the week and it's usually something disgusting like a tick or a snake or whatever but my son loves it and i feel like it's sort of the way i've been kind of backdooring like he loves the entertaining parts of it he doesn't like the music he doesn't care about the music so much but i feel like i've been kind of backdooring like punk rock into his life because there's music playing (laughs) During in between hey. all the sketches and stuff, nice.
0: I love that. Um, it's not exactly punk rock, but when I my my <laughs> my little sister is uh ten eleven years younger than me, so um I got to have that. Despite not having kids myself, I got to have that phase of like seeing what a a child growing up listening oh, to music was like. Awesome, um, it was really cool. And one of her favorites, and actually like a family favorite, was the Bare Naked Ladies had a um a children's album called Snack Time. And it was the it's one like I would listen to it. I don't listen to any other bare naked lady stuff, but I would listen to this album all the way through like today. It's just it's really goofy stuff, like a lot of kids, clearly kids stuff, but it was so good. So just a a recommendation. Um oh yeah, I'll check you know. it out.
2: Snack I mean for That's for awesome. a while my my son was really into Hamilton, so that was a thing and then he was really into the nightmare before christmas so that was a thing like it's a it makes me wonder if my kids are going to be like theater kids you know because they really like movie soundtracks and but maybe that's just what kids listen to i don't remember
1: no i i think i think a little bit of both but i definitely feel like kids get just entranced in the because it, it makes music a, an easier to digest thing, I think when it's attached mm-hmm. to a character and a scene and a situation, you know, in their minds, because now we hear a song and I don't know, at least for me, I come up with the whole story in my head, you know, it's like, I just know what it feels like. And I have more context for it. But I think maybe for kids, because they don't have enough life experiences to understand why a song about heartbreak is good to see it in the movie contextualizes yeah. it a little bit. But okay, so I know you like the synthesizer and synthesizer type. Um, you know, the that 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 <laughs> style of, of music yes. and stuff. I'm okay, I, I will say my girlfriend's a musician, she has like a whole setup and I love to like watch her do the things but to me it's all <laughs> buttons and knobs. Um, I love it. but. Um, But I I recently came across probably like the one piece of music equipment that I want more than anything. And it's actually for babies, but it's called the Dado Duo. Have you ever heard of it before? Oh, It's like a synthesizer machine. It has like a bunch of different buttons and stuff, but it's like specifically made for babies. And I found it just through watching YouTube videos. And there's all these... Babies like making really good music. It's kind of complex, and like it has all the wires and stuff to record. And I just was like so into it. Um, so I wasn't sure if you'd heard of it, but I thought I thought it was so. No, cool. but
2: like, but like they're really try. They've got it's got real. I'm looking at the at the website right now, and it's just like it sounds like they're trying to sell me a synthesizer. It's a 12 bit <laughs> monophonic synthesizer with two oscillators, doing with sol- saw and pulse wave, uh, variable pulse width two pole low pass filter with resonance. Like this is just a functional, what they're selling is just a functional <laughs> synthesizer. Um, yeah. That was pretty cool.
1: And I love the idea because I like, like I was saying how kids I think have a harder time contextualizing music how when we hear lyrics and the emotions in music it, it's a little bit more relatable to us because we've just experienced a broader spectrum. I think mm-hmm. the idea of letting kids make music through something that gives them tools to make like real music or it, that doesn't require like the skills that playing a lot of instruments does is really cool. And I remember sitting in my room and I know my brother did too. And I know my parents will never forget this. When I first got my recorder and just so much joy from the horrific noises that came out of it because they were my noises and I was, you know, feeling it. And so I think that this is a a maybe a way for parents to stay sane and still encourage their their kids to, to get some music. And I just really like it no yeah, promo we have, a,
2: we have a piano downstairs and and uh there's a lot of banging that goes on but I, i'm kind of into yeah. it because every once in a while it approaches musicality and they're just like oh my god oh my god i did that and i'm like
1: yeah you did oh, that's cute. that's yeah. awesome I love, that. I love that. oh i love that um okay should we move on to content zandy do you have oh, any yeah. other questions I think, okay i
0: think a, a dream date is in order
1: All right. So this is a segment where we go through personal ads and we find a dream date um, typically for each other. But I have found one for you. Oh, thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. This is from the L.A. Weekly and it was published on July 12th in 1990.
2: Oh, okay. So so this person could be could be dead and is probably (laughs) married if they're not.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure we're not going to force you to go on the date
2: <laughs> yeah, <don't worry. laughs> no i'm committed i want, really want to see this segment through if we're i mean if i'm gonna if i'm gonna read the personal i'm going on the date so. it's nice okay. that you said
0: that they are married though potentially because usually i feel like we we go straight to oh they're probably either dead or alone um and this <laughs> probably didn't work out at least that's my brain um we can get pretty pessimistic but no i like that yes they're dead One or time married i
1: read a bunch of ni- or early 90s uh like quote unquote personal ads that were that were dogs looking for homes, and Zandy was like, "This was how long ago? Oh, they're all dead. So mean." Okay, I, sorry.
0: I, uh, Zandy's yeah, are jerks. I'm, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not looking good here.
1: Okay, here is your dream date: uh single white female, well packaged, computer nerd seeking mainframe, forty to fifty five. Compatibility requirements intellectual excellent humor affectionate entrepreneur financially established no drugs
2: Hmm. uh i don't know this she sounds a little nerdy for me <laughs> <laughs> i say that as a guy with the podcast about the internet like saying like what said that like Main she frame. described it minimum requirements as like what they say about you know compute like like the strength of the power of your Computer, right? In order to mm-hmm. run, yeah, eternal you know, or whatever. Um, that's just that's a little intense.
1: <laughs> it's so it's much, funny, so funny to that. think about. I think now it's not as extreme to like be super into computers and tech, but I'm just thinking this woman in the '90s is like, I'm going to wear it. This passion is going to be my entire identity. You know, some guy out there is like, oh, she knows computers. You know, that's a good
2: point because. If you think about it, that's like, that's pre the internet as we know it. Like the web Mm -hmm, didn't come around until like 1993. So yeah, that's, she's a power user.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to find something that was like sort of older than the typical, I love the internet type ads, you know? Right. Um. This is all like hard, hard, hardware stuff, you know, which I, I oh, love. Totally. Um, so now we're going to send you a GoPro and you're going to fly to Los Angeles. Track <laughs> her down. Either,
2: sure. I, I Also, the fact that it's in Los Angeles seems a little surprising to me. Like I'd expect that in, I don't know, I guess Silicon Valley. Like that's mm-hmm. where that feels sort of natural. I, I, I'm, I'm like wondering, I'm trying to like racking my brain. I was what, 10 and 11 in 1990. I'm like wondering if people even knew what any of those words meant in ninety nine nineteen ninety. 1990.
0: Yeah, that's why it's all—it's all about finding your niche with some of these because there, are people will post the same thing. Especially if you look at so one I example I always use is NASCAR. If you look at a uh any southern newspaper, half the ads are going to mention they love NASCAR. So it's like. It, you know, Diamond you get so many people with that. So then you get something like this in 1990, and it's someone who's like really focused on their niche and are finding people who can relate to that and, yeah, and start something from there, which is pretty cool. But yeah, very, I don't know, 1990 mainframe. I love it.
1: Yeah, pretty fun. I love the, also the like movie thing of hacking into the mainframe. You know, that's <laughs> totally. just what I thought of first. Anyway, we're together now so <laughs> yeah. that. oh, went, so that's yeah. how you met your wife see <laughs> all right so the next segment that we have is a little game uh guess the headline so we have three headlines i have three rounds it's going to be alex versus zandy um and we're going to i'm going to say three headlines and you are going to guess which one is fake. So two are real news stories and one is fake. Mm, okay. All right. So I have three decades. I have the 80s, the 90s and then the early 1900s.
0: So <laughs> that, that 20, uh, did not go the direction I thought. <laughs> early 1900s.
1: Just just thought I'd I'd go into the millennium but the earlier one. Okay. So i will read you these three the first headline is it's a miracle oh never mind a doctor visiting the vatican caused a few gasps when he climbed out of a wheelchair after being blessed by pope john paul ii but he says it was a misunderstanding I heard someone say it must be a miracle, but it wasn't. Only an embarrassment, said Dr. Jan Laverick, an able-bodied general practitioner from Yorkshire in Northern England. Laverick said Wednesday he went to Rome with a group of disabled people last month. After he sat down in the wheelchair, which was the only seat left in the Vatican's audience chamber, a Swiss guard unexpectedly began wheeling him forward. I tried to stop him, but he told me, don't exert yourself. What would you do? I couldn't jump up and run away. That would have made things worse dark (laughs) okay that's number one uh number two local radio host claims alien contact todd adams a radio dj from highland township michigan claims to have been receiving extraterrestrial interference initially the host was joking about the technical malfunctions but adams now claims the timing of the static bursts and phantom phone calls is too uncanny to be a coincidence and too complex to be a joke. And the third one, bulletproof wheat. Larry Rogers, 31, a scientist, figures he has the answer to the nation's wheat and coal surplus problem. Earlier this year, he invented a substitute for firewood out of wheat and corn. Now he says he's reconstructed things to make the firewood bulletproof. He says it can also turn into excellent replacement for wood as a building material by adding high sulfur coal, carbon, and cellulose. The material will also be fireproof. He says it stopped an army M16 rifle bullet during testing and because it's impact resistant is ideal for protective housing units for troops. Okay, so you have bulletproof wheat.
0: (laughs) There's so much detail. You keep doing this whenever this happened last time. There's so much detail and I was like, there's no way she just made all that up. And then she made all of it up. So she's really good at this. Okay.
1: Bulletproof Wheat, (laughs) The Pope Incident, or Alien DJ.
2: Uh, Who goes first?
1: You two can discuss. You can come to a consensus, or you can make your own votes.
2: I think that Bulletproof Wheat has to be fake. You think? Okay. Here's the reason. First of all, you're right. It does have a lot of detail. Way more detail than Alien DJ, which seems like it would be the gimme. Mm Mm-hmm but the premise of bulletproof wheat is too nonsensical to be real <laughs> i can't there's i can't figure out what bulletproof wheat would accomplish
0: one time she brought to the table an article about someone launching a boat using bananas and they lubricated the ramp with by squishing a bunch like thousands of bananas and i thought this is so absurd so nonsensical but it turns out that's how they did it and i and well, that was it, I mean, correct so i don't know at least <laughs>
2: that accomplishes a, a known problem mm-hmm. right there it's a known problem <laughs> that you have to get a boat into the water uh-huh <laughs> no one is yeah. like no one's <laughs> like i can't i can't cultivate my weed it keeps getting shot <laughs>
0: um that's a, okay that's a good point but what if the scarecrow wanted or they wanted a scarecrow that was bulletproof or something and then then you put a
2: bulletproof vest on a scarecrow
0: but i mean (laughs) you don't you you got a bunch of
2: (laughs) (laughs) scarecrow bulletproof
0: (laughs) no um okay i my first thought was that but like you said it might be a gimme that 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 dj one the radio dj um is my guess so we have different guesses okay
2: all right yeah i think it's it's got to be bulletproof wheat and if i'm wrong I don't
0: know. Everything you know about
1: wheat. (laughs) Well, Alex, you're wrong. And Wendy, you are right. (laughs) This is a real article. Bulletproof wheat. And I'll share my screen for a minute so you can see the gentleman who invented bulletproof wheat. Here he is with his fantastic mustache. I'll post this on our Instagram later.
0: What in the world?
1: Yep. What? (laughs)
2: <laughs>
0: just
1: die. he just wanted to <laughs> there was a wheat surplus and he was getting creative
2: was there like an epidemic of wheat shooting <laughs> apparently so i'm really oh upset
0: my god this. wheat shooting i have no idea what that's about that yeah i i don't yeah and it would it said at the end of that article it said it's being currently tested for what like actually for military use i mean it seems I'm so just absurd trying
2: to imagine i'm just trying to imagine you know like i i could if i took a tommy gun and i sprayed a wheat field with it how much damage to the crop do you think i would actually do
1: None. probably very little yeah yeah, very, yeah.
0: yeah minimal probably would help actually help them with harvesting
1: i think well. this is america and so <laughs> we have guns and our cornfields are bulletproof is pretty on brand <laughs> This guy said, I took a bunch of wheat and I shot it with a military grade AR fifteen and everybody went, <laughs> Oh, that's tight. That's cool.
0: As someone who would go to my friend's house in Kentucky just to shoot guns, like back in the in high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it sounds like a weirdly logical thing to just kind of happen where you're just suddenly shooting wheat. I yeah.
1: Okay, are you ready for the nineteen nineties?
2: Yes.
0: Maybe.
1: Okay. don't say hello say heaven oh the commissioners of Clayburgh county texas voted unanimously to adopt heaven oh as the county's official greeting the resolution was the (laughs) result of years of campaigning by local resident leonzo canales who opposed the use of hello because it contained the word hell he proposed that heaven oh would be a more positive harmonious salutation next option Hot dogvertising. January 1990, the Viscace Corporation debuted a new technology that allowed edible ink ads to be printed onto hot dogs. The company boasted that now, for the first time, hot dogs could be used as a communications medium. It also suggested that hot dog dogvertising would be a great way for companies to target messages at children and establish brand preference early. <laughs>
2: This is so absurd. Okay. That sounds so I mean, talking speaking of America. That sounds truly as American as it can get.
1: And here's the third article. Hackers can turn your home computer into a bomb and blow your family to smithereens. (laughs) Washington. Right now, computer hackers have the ability to turn your home computer into a bomb and blow you to kingdom come. And they can do it anonymously from thousands of miles away. Experts say the recent, quote, break-ins that paralyzed the Amazon.com, Buy.com, and eBay websites are tame compared to what will happen in the near future.
2: Uh, do we have a date on that one?
1: Um, yeah.
2: Let her make it up first.
1: <laughs> no, it's, it's, let me see. Yeah,
0: it sounds like some, yeah, Y2K kind of fear mongering. It sounds about right. I don't know, though.
2: I mean, honestly,
0: I've heard stories of
2: people being like, you know, if people, if they can hack your printer well enough, they can make it blow up, but. I feel like that's a relatively recent, recent opinion. And it's also mm-hmm. still kind of nuts. Like no one's going to do it.
0: Yeah. I, uh, but what, wouldn't it need some, what What would be in the printer that would make it explode? And would we need to put wheat in it in the future to like make sure that it's protected? Yeah, if you
2: put, if you put wheat in, if, if you, if you encase it in a wheat, in a wheat <laughs> bag.
0: Uh, okay. I might have to do that.
1: Um, I don't have a date for this article. I'm sorry. That's it's good. from 2000. All right. Which is a little late because the decade's supposed to be 1990s, <laughs> but I hope you'll forgive me.
2: Well, I mean, that's honestly why I asked because I feel like Kitty. I feel I feel like oh, that's Furball. <laughs> oh, Furball, so cute. She um she despises everyone except me, so she follows me everywhere. <laughs> Come here, kitty. I said, I'd Come here, and then she started walking away. <laughs> yeah,
0: I was kidding. Oh. Um,
1: My dog doesn't like anybody but me either. That's him. Can oh, you see him?
2: Sweetie. Um, I got to say, even though like Amazon was not a powerhouse in 2000 or not much of one, I feel like Heaven O has to be the fake one. Hmm. Um... I mean it's not it's like it's about it seems as reasonable as like freedom fries which means that it could be yeah. absolutely be reasonable be be true but there's just something about it that feels like a little too on the nose. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um it does remind me though we did yeah we did have a, a one where there was a small town that uh there's an article about a small town that they wave uh to anyone who like drives through. So it feels like very like that small town weirdness of like Let's just do our own thing and have But then that hot dog advertisement that one I just hope isn't True so maybe that's why I'm leaning towards That one because it sounds Awful um, I'm gonna go with the hot dog
1: Alex Am I wrong Oh which which one did you say heaven oh Heaven O. You're both wrong What, <laughs> what? Ah! what? Those are real. The fake one is the hackers can turn your home computer into a bomb, but it was mistaken as real when the Weekly World News, which is a satirical oh. newspaper, posted it, and a bunch mm-hmm. of people did believe that it was true and get rid of their home computers.
2: Um.
1: I also read about the printer thing and the whole idea is that the thing that, like, seals the ink onto the paper is really hot and people could hack your printer to, like, just keep trying to seal the paper until your printer caught fire. But the problem is that most people don't have their printers, like, attached or inside of their computer. So all it would do is ruin their printer, wouldn't really do much to their data. Mm.
2: Security vulnerabilities discovered in Hewlett Packard printers would allow hackers to steal data from them, cause them to burst into flames, or be used as a launch pad to attack other computers connected to the printers.
1: Hmm
0: okay well that oh, that makes sense actually
1: with the because pr- in office offices they have the printers have access to so many different computers right my dog's yeah. digging in the bed right now he's upset that I'm not giving him attention
0: no oh, no yeah I um, I don't want to have a new fear now a printer related fear I don't like printers enough already they're just such a pain in the ass so to now think that my printer might work against me I don't like that I mean, printers suck as it is, and mm-hmm. also they want to kill you, so sorry.
1: <laughs> um, how do we feel about venturing way back in time to I mean, the 1900s?
2: I'm 0 for 2, so let's, let's go ahead and give it a shot.
1: Okay. <clears throat> Here's your first headline. Sheriff arrests GOAT. Bluff Hills Sheriff John Stant has arrested and detained a goat for creating mayhem in the local market. One week before, the goat's owner and a local farmer was jailed for stealing whiskey, and with no one to collect the goat, it will remain detained until further notice.
2: It, the goat stole whiskey?
1: owner stole the whiskey, and because okay. the owner can't get the goat, the goat will remain detained until further notice.
2: Oh, so it's like just like a car impound lot, but for... <laughs>
1: Yes, and this is uh from 1903. Next article. We taught, sent to prison, November 1906. A small child, barely three years old, was brought into a Swiss court, charged with the crime of stealing two penny toys dangling from the doorway of a shop. The child admitted oh, to the talk. crime. <laughs> child... Admitted to the crime, but explained, though he could not yet speak well, that he did not have any toys like it. The magistrate was unmoved. He sentenced the child to three and a half months imprisonment. As the parents cried for mercy, he shouted at them, remove the prisoner. (laughs) What? Wait, three and a half months? No, barely three Three years old.
0: Yeah, but no, how long in prison?
1: Oh, three and a half months. Yes. Oh my
0: God. What? This it seems this we like taught in prison for...
1: for theft.
0: Too. It was like what two petty toys? Is that what it said, or it said something penny like toys. penny toys? What is it? Okay, I
1: don't, I don't know. Probably for the cost of penny. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. And the third article: Peas mean something. April nineteen o four. A young lady, attractively dressed in green, entered the offices of city officials in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, opened a bag of dried peas, threw a handful on the floor, and left after saying, peas mean something. She repeated the performance at the courthouse and later at the sheriff's office.
0: Hmm. That sounds like a joke my dad would tell. And that would be be the punchline. Like there would be nothing more.
2: That's a real what's the frequency Kenneth kind of situation. I'm like, this is tough. All these sound fucking made up, and I want to say the kid, <laughs> but I know it's def the kid's definitely real because I think it's fake. And the peas are real because it sounds fake. I'm going with the donkey, the one that
0: sounds the realist of the mm, three. Mm. I'm gonna go with the kid,
1: the wee, the wee tot. As much as I would love to send a wee tot to prison, that was a <laughs> real article, uh, and Alex, you were right. So oh! Alex and oh, Zandy have tied. We got
0: a tie. Okay, okay.
1: And I That's don't have good. a tiebreaker round, That's so you both get cool. hey, I'm bragging you. rights.
2: <laughs> I feel, I feel like I I have just learned your sick methods now that this game is over, and I feel like the next <laughs> round, the next time around, I can really, really, I can nail it.
1: Well, do you, we've do done you... this? Oh no, sorry. Go ahead, Zandy. So I was just thinking about how
0: you did that whole thing about you didn't know what year this article was and it was this whole drawn out thing of you searching for this year and that was the fake one all along so you could have said anything
1: well i wasn't i wanted to well no i was trying to see what when the weekly new like world like news fake
0: article okay i guess that makes sense yeah. but that kind of convinced me your your whole show even if it was real that whole show kind of convinced me that that one was real
1: well, that's like she, I pretended to search in a bonus episode. We do this a lot in our bonus episodes. And in a bonus episode, I pretended to search. I was like, I can't find the link. And it was just something that I had written on a notebook.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she, she even brought a picture. She was like, look. Oh, she's like, oh, and yeah, looking at these photos, it definitely doesn't look like these are things you'd wear in space. Because she made up this whole article about space fashion. I just always gets me.
1: It's fun. No, I think the space fashion one was real i don't know i don't know it was
0: not because i remember you telling me about how you made up the that whole thing about there being photos
1: old (sighs) newspapers are really a hoot we find some really solid stuff in old newspapers and when you go back to like the 1880s and 1890s there will be an entire segment like a multi-paragraph segment and the headline will be Thomas returns home from two towns over today bringing with him a bag of wheat and it'll be like this whole thing about like his family being excited and when he left and what he's getting the wheat for and it was just such uh like just low stakes news and I really Mm -hmm. enjoyed it
2: I've been reading um the great brain to my kids I don't know if you're familiar with this series of books it's about Three children. It's like basically about three kids. It's narrated by the youngest one, and the middle child thinks he's a genius, and he always talks about his great brain. But it's set in rural, rural Utah, and their dad owns like a local newspaper. And there's a lot of like, there's a lot of like, you know, the 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 dime store is offering sales on its pomade kind of stuff. It's because it's like turn of the century. Yep. sort of in the turn of the century and it's a lot of that um yeah
0: so yeah i totally believe it and a lot of their news sources for the people in town are traveling merchants uh traveling psychics they'll say a psychic passed through today wow. uh telling all about how in baton rouge there was a and, and then they go into a supposed news story about some legal affair or some shooting that happened Um, And they'll end it with
1: with names have been left out of the story because of the credibility of the source. (laughs) Then why are you telling this story?
0: Uh, Entertaining stuff, though, for us now. Um, And yeah, back then, I don't know. There probably wasn't. I mean, yeah, there's, I guess, stuff, some stuff worthy of news, but there's just nothing going on in those small towns. And they didn't know what was happening in bigger towns or where there are more people. So they got to at least publish something. So.
1: I have one last piece of of content uh for you both and this is just an article that I couldn't fit into the game that I really like. We usually do a segment called way back whenever and we read just interesting articles, some of those like crazy old ones. This one is from 1977. Um and uh, Alex, I just listened to your most recent episode of Reply All, which I loved. I am not a bot. And this uh, this made me think of this article, which I've had saved for a while waiting for the right moment. So here we go. All right. The Tampa Times, Saturday, December 3rd, 1977. Video games are just a passing fad, Top Toy Company executive says. East Longmeadow, Mass., the toy industry will be making more and more electric- electronic games in the future. But video entertainment is just a passing fad, says an official of the world's largest and oldest game company. Americans love gadgets, and this is just another gadget, Michael Moon of Milton Bradley Co. said Thursday. The problem with the toy industry historically is that it overreacts to trends. Video is the same thing that happened with CB radios, 35mm photography, and stereo components, he said. Moon said people become bored with video games after about a month. But he said Milton Bradley and the rest of the industry is moving towards electronic games. He noted that his firm introduced two new electronic games this year, Comp IV and Electronic Battleship. The electronic line now represents about 15% of sales for the company founded in 1886.
2: Um, that I I actually fiercely Googled because uh, I, I there's an article that was written by a guy named um, Clifford Stoll. Um, and it's it is uh from let's wait, let me take a look. He 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 was an early internet adopter. This was written in February of 1995, and it's him saying that he has enjoyed the internet. And he's talking about all the predictions people are making about the future. The second sentence is, do our computer or second paragraph, do our computer pundits lack all common sense? The truth in no online, the truth in no long online database will replace your daily newspaper. No CD-ROM can take the place of a competent teacher and no computer network will ever change the way that a government works. And it's just like more and more of these predictions piled on top of one another about uh, how the internet is not going to make a difference beyond just having fun.
1: My dad went to uh, I, he studied computer science when computer like before the internet was a thing. I think he graduated in 80 something. And um, he said that one of his professors said, one day people are going to have computers in their homes. And they're going to fit inside a single room. And he said that everybody in his class was like, yeah, okay.
2: Here's another graph. We're promised instant catalog shopping. Just point and click for great deals. We'll order airline tickets over the network, make restaurant reservations, and negotiate sales contracts. Stores will become obsolete. So how come my local mall does more business in an afternoon than the entire internet handles in a month? Even if, it were, <laughs> even if there were a trustworthy way to send money over the internet, which there isn't, the network is a missing a most essential ingredient of capitalism, salespeople wow um, yeah he's really firing them all well. cylinders.
0: yeah i mean i i understand if you have like a bold prediction but man like really just wrong like over and over and over again not that i'd be right about what's gonna happen in 20 years from now myself but that's why i just don't say anything because I, mean, I i
2: tried to get him to come on the show to talk about it because he uh-huh. actually wrote he actually wrote an entire book in the mid to late 90s called called i think it's called silicon snake oil oh silicon
1: that's good oil.
2: Mm -hmm. And it was like it was him sort of having talking about how he thinks the the information superhighway is just like all promise and no delivery and i got in touch with him and i can't remember his exact words but he was basically like look i may have been wrong in substance but like i was right in spirit it's like this bankrupt play the internet's like this bankrupt place and there's no nothing you do on there is going to make any difference and it's all terrible and blah 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 and i was like okay well that's hard to argue with like you're changing your argument a little bit Mm -hmm. but yes the internet Mm -hmm. sucks
0: (laughs) yeah
1: It's it's just powerful. Like I think yeah. his first argument was it's not powerful and now he's like, "Oh, yeah, it's really powerful, but it's not awesome."
2: <laughs> it's
0: not awesome, yeah.
2: And now he now for a living he makes these things called Klein bottles, which are these these like mathematical these like mathematically impossible glass bottles. I don't know how to describe them. It is a I've I'm seen, reading. The, I've
1: seen these. They I'm reading have one the of, the Museum of right Science.
2: Now. In topology, yeah. a, bran- a branch of mathematics, the Klein bottle is an example of a non-orientable surface. Basically, it means oh. that it has like no bottom.
0: Okay, uh, that's cool.
2: It's like a Mobi It's like a Mobius strip. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. A Mobius strip, uh, but the- it's a glass bottle, and mm-hmm. that's like what he does now in his retirement.
0: D- does he sell them online or? <laughs> sure does Uh oh hey buddy you can't do that no sales on there
1: and email There's him this... and say hey my mall does more business in a day than your <laughs> website does in a month so i guess you were right
2: <laughs> the thing i will say though is he really is committed to like web 1.0 design his website looks wild
1: <laughs> oh there you go i feel like i i've gone on a couple of trendy fashion websites lately and they've designed themselves to look like old browsers like they have the like big, you know, pixelated X on the corner and the big mouse and I'm like wait, wait, what are you doing? <laughs> I didn't like that. Even when I clicked on the shirt that I wanted and I you're supposed to like drag it to the cart and when you drag it they did the thing where it's like infinite windows as you drag i was like Am, is this a glitch or is this on purpose so it's interesting cool.
2: trendy now That's so funny that is interesting i think it's deliberate
1: of course it's they're bringing back the the 90s but i don't want to i don't want to have to get my girlfriend to hang up the phone before i go on the internet
0: <laughs> oh man
1: we sort of touched on this earlier but alex we just have a a final question for you Okay. Before we wrap this up. Um, and then we want to talk because you're promoting your record and we really want to make sure that we we take some time to talk Thank about you. that. Thank you. Um, but first, and this can be, you know, relevant to the big picture of your life or the small picture of, you know, your record or why you're here. But we wanted to know, what are you seeking?
2: What am I seeking? God, that is like the hardest question anyone's ever asked me. <laughs> this is like harder than, than the questions I get asked in therapy. <laughs> Ugh. What am I seeking seeking? I don't know. Um So the way that someone uh someone once tried to explain to me the difference between being alone and solitude the notion of solitude was like was like the way they described it and i don't think this is actually the definition of it but i think the way they described it was like solitude is like a comfortable state of being alone being by yourself um rather than you know loneliness or being alone which is just being alone or being or longing for something else i feel like solitude the positive version of it like seclusion that feels comfortable being by myself but not constantly longing for for something else i think that's what i'm searching for if you guys were going to write a personal ad for that how would how
0: would you do it oh geez (laughs) (laughs) that was right back you Um, turned it
1: back to us um that's that's good i like that definition of solitude it's like not wanting any interruptions and not expecting any interruptions i find that a lot of the times when i want to be by myself i'm just afraid my phone is gonna ring (laughs) or somebody's gonna come in the door or knock on the door or something that that like feeling of like actually enjoying being alone and trusting that you can be alone maybe I'm trying to yeah, think I mean the that. thing is
2: that like that like I am a I'm a terrible insomniac, and part of it is because like, it's the the time when you know everybody's gone to bed and I'm alone with my thoughts, and I'm like, oh god, I hate this. <laughs> I can't mm-hmm. go to sleep. I feel too uh, too uncomfortable with my sort of own thoughts. If I could feel like comfortable in that feeling, yeah, that's what I'm looking for.
0: No, I like that's that what I'm seeking. I love that. I and I I feel like for me a big part of that is external validation that um i tend to uh weigh pretty heavily compared to you know my own thoughts or my own feelings about myself like i i I find myself relying more on how other people see me or what's going on in my life like externally compared to just my mental health and thinking okay well how am i doing not how am i doing in the context of everyone around me but how am i doing um just with myself and oh yeah that's i'm such an thing.
1: insomniac my brain goes in such weird directions after uh you know a couple hours of wakeful nighttime, it gets like very bizarre and i liken it to almost like when you look at yourself in the mirror for too long and your face starts to look weird i think when you're alone with your thoughts for too long your thoughts start to look weird And for me it's one thing to wake up in the middle of the night with like i have this existential dread now that comes in it used to be bigger like related to news and politics and stuff but Mm -hmm. lately i've been waking up in the middle of the night and thinking am i messing up my dog am I a bad dog owner should i be training my dog differently should i be feeding him something better and just getting really in my head about it Um, you know, I, I could have waited until I was more financially stable to adopt him and then I could pay for the best trainers. Like I just get like in my brain, um, until I can, I, I find that I'm thinking about it for so long that it, the thoughts are no longer something that I even recognize, you know, it's like that looking in the mirror for too long and it makes me so uncomfortable and weirded out. Um, and that's why. I listen to so many podcasts, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I'm so into music. I just sometimes need to like look away from the mirror for a minute. Right, but yeah, I don't know how I would. Work. They're also kind of like
2: keep, keeping you company. I feel like, but yes, I mean, I gave you an impossible task. So, <laughs> uh,
1: Alex Goldman seeking a peaceful night of insomnia.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: peace. A peace seeking. Uh laying in bed, staring at the ceiling and feeling like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that would be is nice. That,
0: oh, yeah. Is that possible? It <laughs> doesn't sound like possible, but hey, something to look, look I don't know, work towards. I like that. Huh.
1: That's like when people say they love running. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> hmm, same thing. Mm-hmm. I love waking up in the middle of the night and just being alone with my thoughts. All right, Alex, well, this was so wonderful. Let's talk a little bit about your record that's coming out.
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, coming out eventually, I guess. Uh, I just finished recording it and it's being mixed and I'm trying to find a record label that is interested in releasing it. Um, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a kid who grew up on punk rock and then I got into synthesizers. So I would say that it's somewhere in between those two. Um, it's it's all me with a couple of guests to play drums and stuff like that um but my band is called uh, slow fawns and the record is called isolation isolation 2 because uh it's sort of pandemic inspired because it's all about feeling very lonely for the past couple of years um uh i consider the pandemic isolation 1 and the record is isolation <laughs> 2 um
1: did you record it up in your attic?
2: Yes, I recorded everything in my attic except for the drums and anything that I had to record elsewhere. Like I had just had people record it and send it to me. And then, yeah. So everything was recorded in this very seat, basically.
1: Cool. Um, cool. Yeah.
0: I love that. I'm excited for that.
1: How would you say it It sounds? Is it similar or different to some of the stuff that you already have up on on Bandcamp for the first slow fonds?
2: i would say it's similar it's pretty moody uh i i it's hard to say there's actually a lot of different it's it's there's a lot of different genres there um one of the benefits of playing by yourself is that you don't have to cater to anyone else's tastes and my tastes are pretty diverse so there's like some moody weird synthesizer stuff there's like stuff that has like that's like a little dancier. there's stuff that's a little more upbeat and not quite as (laughs) depressing but it's all pretty it's all pretty dark my a friend of mine my friend uh stephanie who's in a band called sleepover um she she calls it she calls it dark disco which i don't Mm. which i find to be a much more flattering term
0: for the music that I make than... <laughs> well, how would you describe that. it like genre like wise do you have something Whoa, in mind? it's
2: all over the place like there's some there's some like straight up dance music in it there's some i there i there's like a sludge metal track in there, and like it's all over the place. there's stuff that's just that. all tape loops it's um it's really kind of all over the place, so it's really hard to say
0: oh, exciting though that's cool i I had listened to um Wolf at the door. Um, and I loved like the themes of, um, you know, the like anti-capitalism or maybe that's a strong term for what you were going for. I don't know. But, um, uh, uh, climate change, um, are there similar themes in this album? Definitely. I mean, it's,
2: it's not, it's, I wouldn't say, first of all, I hate lyrics. I hate it. Mm -hmm. I hate writing lyrics. God, how do people write lyrics? (laughs) It's like, is it cheesy to make it rhyme? Like what it is. And also I don't really (laughs) like singing very much, but, um, but I do think that like the, the, the lyrics that are on the record are are generally pretty dark. (laughs) They're not very upbeat. So, I mean, the album's called isolation too. It's about, it's not, it's, I'm, people should know what to expect.
0: I mean, a product of the times. I don't know. I, I, I personally, I, I love that about, you know, when, when you get the context of behind Um, an album's creation and you find out, you know, either whether it's something personal that they were going through or a fucking global pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's so valuable to be able to listen to an album in that lens. So I'm excited to hear it. Thank you very much.
1: I'm just wondering, do you have a hard time separating your host personality, which is, you know, very analytical and humorous and you know curious and then who you are in your music do you think that you have a hard time separating that or you struggle with other people having a hard time separating that
2: you know I've been thinking a lot lately like um I mean I'm I think it's really generous to call me like a public figure but like You know, there's a certain number of people who know who I am and probably have opinions about who I am. Um, And I think that um, that's sort of the cost of making a thing that other people consume. But lately it's been really getting to me. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, there's 170-something, almost 180 episodes of Reply All out there, almost all or all of which have my... Personality stamped on them, like deeply personal things about my life, I've been revealed in them. But also, like I'm a, I'm like a, a whole person who has like, there's a lot to me that's not on the show. You know, I don't really, I don't post pictures of my family online, and I don't talk about my kids really, other than mentioning their existence and like, occasionally they'll show up in a line or two. Like it's, there's a lot of me that's not public. And I think what, what inspired me to be thinking about this is someone sent me a Facebook post, which was based on something I posted, I said in an episode. And then the and the post was like, the most important thing now is for us to figure out whether Alex is buy or not. And I was like, what the what? fuck? <laughs> Why do you care? What? Is that really the most important thing right now? I feel like, and like, I get it. People are inve- like... I consider it incredibly flattering that people are invested in my life. I feel like it means that I've done something right, like that I'm writing something that connects with people. And I, I really feel very flattered and humbled by that. But also, like, it's really hard sometimes to feel like a whole person when people feel like they have a very strong opinion
0: of who you are if that makes any sense. Yeah, 100%. They and have expectations expectations that yeah, are totally. Based just based on what you put out in your show, but not your day-to-day life or any of the um, insane amount of time you spend not recording your podcast. Like you, you, yeah, you, like you yeah. Said, you're like your own person. You're somebody.
2: So I, I do have this thing where like, yeah, I do think about it because I do think that this music is like, it's not, it's not, I mean, there's some silly parts to it, definitely and like i definitely realize that some of it's kind of ridiculous and over the top even the sincerity i realize is sometimes ridiculous and over the top but i do think it's very different from who i am on the radio and i think that people might i don't know i think that like i am a little worried about how people are going to take it
1: do you do you feel like it's going to be hard so okay just a little context zandy has another show and he's on it with his sister and his sister has another show and both of those shows are really big And I think that sometimes our audience feels like it's, it's segmented. There's a lot of people who come from this background, and they come in with sort of like, you know, this built in idea of who we are and what we are. And that's great. I mean, you know, we love that. But do you feel like you're hoping to pull your reply all listeners in? Or are you hoping to cast sort of like this wide net and see, you know, who, whoever, I don't know. I don't know how to phrase this question, I guess.
0: When I started this show, it was um, because it was just me at the time. And it was more of like a mental health exercise it was during the pandemic. And um, I was had gone through a breakup earlier in the year. And it was me being just a sad boy all the time. Like, that's that's basically what the show was. And I, you know, it was actually really good for my mental health. But I got these negative reviews on Apple Podcasts uh, because my other show is a comedy podcast. And they were like, hey, this isn't funny. And I'm Mm. like, no, I know I'm really depressed right now. This isn't funny. You're right. But uh, people saw that as a negative because they had these expectations going in to like kind of go along with I think what the question would be is for me when I started this, I was hoping, yeah, let me try to reach different audience as well, because I feel like, yes, I brought some wonderful people over for my other show and I'm so glad that they came. They still listen. And it's a great community that I feel like I've I've built and then now Liz coming in like we've built an even bigger community um but yeah it's nice to be try, try to reach these other people from other parts that um don't think of me as this like funny person um who just get to know me in like a more or in a different sense not even anything better or worse just in a different sense so are you looking for like yeah new people like maybe in like different music communities um like to listen to your album and to get to know you through this uh, I don't, I don't know. You know, there's a part of me that I'd say, honestly,
2: like, I don't expect anyone to listen to this. It's like a thing that I just had to do for myself. And if I can manage to release it and have people listen to it, like all the better. But like, and I feel like actually I have an incredibly unfair advantage because um people do know me from Replyle. But if it if I shop it around to record labels or whatever, and people are like, "Yeah, there's no, there is no financial potential for this. We are not interested in releasing it." I don't know. I'll just put it up on Bandcamp. That's fine. I mean, I just needed it. Just like as a thing that I needed to do for myself. Um, and it's okay if it does if it doesn't connect with anyone but me. <laughs> my friends who have played on it like it. My mom thinks I'm cool. I guess is what I'm trying to say.
1: That's awesome. That's okay, really I have one, two. Sorry, I have two questions for you and then we'll wrap it up. Okay, the take f- your time. They're quick. They're okay. The first question is just a fill in the blank. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, your album is the perfect soundtrack to listen to when you are fill in the blank.
2: <laughs> Preparing for a rumble
1: oh i love that rumble music
0: yep that's that got my attention that got my
2: okay like if you were you know how you know like if you were one of the jets or the sharks Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: i like that i'm picturing like almost like a futuristic like a like a black mirror type jets and sharks okay that's just my brain um okay my second question and this is where i'd like to leave us off is just what is your go-to karaoke song
2: oh that's tough uh it's usually um that's a great question because i i actually try and mix it up Uh, We've been listening to a lot of Frozen, like I said, in our house. And my wife is is saying, like, we should go sing Love is an Open Door.
1: Oh, that's cute.
2: Which I think is cute. But if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that sung by the heroine and the guy who turns out to be the villain?
1: Yes. But it's cute.
2: (laughs) The sentiment of the song is pure, even if that's what's going on.
1: Everybody Um, loves a bad boy.
2: Uh. I I don't know. I like singing like a uh, ELO songs, like Mr. Blue Sky and stuff like that. Um I'm trying to think. Um but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I have one. Um you're more of like an upbeat
0: kind of Benny like, and okay, the I Jets have... is
2: is a is a is a hot is a hot stepper. That one's always good. Um but yeah, I don't know. That's tough god
1: now i have to think about
2: that i'll email you and let you know perfect perfect great
1: great if you could email us just a video clip of you performing it that would be we'll release that for our paid subscribers all right
0: oh this was wonderful thank you so much for being on this was uh this was such a treat yeah thank you it was a lot of fun
1: yeah this was awesome i was wondering um is there any either like a sample from your album or any of the music that you have up on Bandcamp that we could use for our intro we did that with our last guest episode where we used a new music for the intro i think that might be kind of cool yeah i can send you something
0: cool cool. cool. that'll be awesome yeah, yeah yeah
1: wow thank you so much this was so wonderful
0: thanks so much for having me guys it was a lot of fun Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Uh, Next week, we will be back to our uh, regularly scheduled programming. Uh, Thank you to Alex for being here. And yeah, we can't wait to talk to you next week.
1: Until then.